From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. back welcome back to the tennis revolution i am excited to be back what a fortnight boom you know what fortnight <laughs> means i still don't know it's the only time we ever hear that word Let is during this Abraham tournament Lincoln. yeah <laughs> uh well everybody's out of the, the cats are out of the bag already so uh we're all here Corey, you made it i did barely have to be here to talk about Wimbledon. By the way, you miss one sneaking <laughs> podcast, and, and I'm always going to assume I'm, I'm always going to be surprised. That's right. That you're, hey, you made it. I'd like I'm to here. make a pleasant that, entrance. And Rebecca, Rebecca's always here. Yeah, I think she missed one too. Just for I the did. record, I don't remember. But it was it was in a good place. So. There we go. Yeah, there we go. So we are excited to be back to talk about the end, the 2002 Wimbledon. <laughs> Venus Williams and Roger Federer. Is that what they were playing? Oh. I don't know. Well, uh, predictable in that sense uh, from the men's side, but predictable that a Williams was in the finals, right? Is that who? That's yeah. who we were talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. Venus. So the women, obviously, without being called sexist, hopefully we, as we said, it was a it, mayhem yeah. cluster. Whoa! Yeah, that word. The second word she won't finish later, maybe later. <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was mayhem, yeah, absolute mayhem. The tough seeds went a little bit deeper than we thought they would, but they did. They still didn't make it to the semis. I was actually surprised by Kerber's performance. She was able to turn it on a little bit. She did finally. Yep. yep. Well, she lost to the champion, she did. so that's yeah. something, she did. right? And it yeah. was a really good match too. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So she didn't flame out to some nobody again, right? I actually found the matches more boring as we got closer to the championship. I almost always think that because yeah. Yeah. it's more the matches we've seen more often, although this time it was a little bit different. It was. Well, let's, uh, if y'all recollect what we talked about two weeks ago, I brought out the UTR. Are you familiar? Do you remember what that was or has it <laughs> been too long? I don't know if I can remember that far back. <laughs> Universal. <laughs> yes. 16.5. That's what I remember. Tennis well, rating. I get an, a daily notification from them now. <laughs> Do you really for yes. looking at how oh, does your rating does your rating change every day or they send you your I rating guess every day? So, but yes, I get daily notes from them telling me that I've moved point zero zero one. <laughs> well, listen, as accurate as that damn thing is, you might be at Wimbledon next year. I don't know because this thing was mayhem. So the draw itself was mayhem, which was which I is the reason I busted out the old UTR just to see what the uh, women were going to do here and. Uh, Wozniacki didn't win. Listen, I hate to say it, but the uh, the UTR failed. Failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it really worked very well for the ladies. Well, we started out with the champion. Wait. So, Garbine, how do you say her name again? Garbine Muguruza. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> um, that's as hot as she is, actually. But uh, that's <laughs> listen, I, we have to have a woman in the room for me to say that. That, <laughs> that way I don't sound like a complete a-hole. Right. I, I, I'm not a lesbian, and I totally think she's hot. Yeah, she is. She's adorable, too. She's got... She's adorable. Cool. And an amazing player. Well, every now and again, <laughs> from time yeah. to time. I don't know about this, consistently. This two period, she was. <laughs> yeah. So. She, yeah, she was, uh, she was amazing for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. But, you know, will she disappear? So we always see somebody win a Grand Slam, right, and then disappear. Yep. Do they win a second one and disappear? What's the What's the stat on that there? Well, usually they don't uh, win a second one, but if they do, that's what I mean. Yeah, then they usually kind of Let's pick it up and get keep a couple. Going. Although Kvitova won two and then still hasn't really done anything else, but she had an excuse. Obviously, she did get stabbed in the yeah. hand. Yeah. You're an animal. Minor. You are a monster. <laughs> Why don't you leave her alone? Minor detail. Um, but yeah, usually that. when you win two, you kind of start to figure out. Yeah. You know what you need to do to win. Now, Kerber has won the Australian, correct? I don't know. And the U.S. And the U.S. Open. Yeah. So she's won two and she's kind of fading. Well, and she is, yeah, still in the top two. Yeah. Kvitov has won two. Yes. Right. Two Wimbledons. Uh, yes. I don't know. We'll see what she does. And Ostapenko did a lot better than we than I thought. I thought That's she true. was early. Yeah. She did well. Yeah. She did, lost to Venus. So our high, our high UTRs. Again, Wozniacki is who they picked. <laughs> what she meant, the quarters of the round of 16. 
She was uh, in 16, I think. Yeah. Fourth round. Yep. yep. Okay. So she uh, and and had some close matches to some some people that were Pretty were good. lower. So if you remember, basically the one of the kind of rules or whatever for UTR is if you play a close match, which is seven games or more, if you're on the losing side and you win seven games or more, uh, that counts as a you know a close match, right. mm-hmm. and you get a benefit for that. So she she played a well, being the highest. Obviously, she had people below her, and they all got a lot of games. So <laughs> they're all going to move. Well, on. I would be interested to go on that site and see how the ratings change after the tournament. Well, well I have them right here. Oh, no, there you go. Oh, I've got goodness. the entire draw printed out with everybody, and then I have all the UTRs. So just for the final, Muguruza. It's <laughs> <that's> America. <laughs> uh, I still don't understand why Z is a TH in Spanish. I don't understand. It's that. not even a TH. It's a it's a list, like oh, it's okay. a Spanish thing. It's the C's and the Z's in Can't stand Castilian. It. So, anywho, so Venus Williams was a twelve point nine three. A Garbine was a twelve point seven seven. Wow. So, and Williams didn't get seven games. Right. That was disappointing. That was incredible. The first set was so amazing, and then the second set was not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what. So, happened. what would have the question I was talking about today was what would have happened in that match if. Venus wins 7-5 in the first. Would still be the same outcome? I don't think the second set would have been 6-0. Yeah. But I, I put it this way. That was her chance to win. Right. Yes. I mean, she's, you know, not not She wouldn't have faded mentally, but I, she probably still would have faded physically. Not that thinking. she's not a great champion because, you know, she obviously has the experience and knows how to win Grand Slams. She's won a bunch. But when you haven't done it in a while, there is some doubt that creeps right. in, you know? So if even if she wins the first set, some of that doubt goes away for him or a bit, but you know how much does Garbina, uh fight? You know, I don't know. Well, and the stat that surprised me, so now she's the only person to beat Venus and Serena in a Grand Slam final, mm-hmm. which wow. kind of surprised me. Yeah. So you would think somebody, well, but I mean, how many people have played both of them in a Grand Slam final? Well, right, because the only the only people that really have the ability to do it are the Williams sisters, and they're every time <laughs> they're one of them, right? So they yeah. can't beat them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you got to make a lot of Grand Slam finals to do it, and Venus hasn't made any in a while, right? Yeah, so... But you would think Justine or somebody like that. Back in the early it. days. Or Kleisters even. Yeah. She played a little dubs, a little... <laughs> yes, I saw that <laughs> video. I don't even understand what that was about. <laughs> I don't even want to know what that was about. So the women, completely unpredictable. As expected. Kind so liked it. Predictably unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot There was a lot of good matches, though. Yes. Like you were saying early on, there were a ton of good matches, a lot of three-setters, a lot mm-hmm. of breakers. Um grass looked like hell it did it, Golly, it, was it looked like hell or, i'm sorry the dirt looked like hell <laughs> yeah it's amazing they don't fall down more in that and they're using grass court shoes and playing on dirt that's what i was wondering yeah. how that really works shoes with the nipples well i mean it's for the you know it's it's for not slipping so yes. right yeah but that I didn't was no uh, nipples were for not slipping <laughs> <laughs> this is a tennis podcast we do that other podcast later uh, the after hours post podcast. Yeah, the after hours podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that their courts looked ragged. Yeah, which I mean, listen, it's going to happen. It, it it's not like it doesn't happen all throughout the history of Wimbledon. However, the patterns look dramatically different. Well, and they had no rain day the yep. whole tournament. Usually, you might have a day rained out. Mm-hmm. Right. They had a little rain, but just yeah. like one day. Well, now of... with the roof, when it rains, they're still playing on that court on the yeah. main court, so it doesn't really help you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's it's weird because you you the surface that you expect it to be now all of a sudden you know it's a totally different surface, right? Which is too bad. Well, did you see this thing the Tennis Channel now has, which I'd never heard of, the Court Pace Index? You yes. see this? So Wimbledon see. Wimbledon was slower than the Australian Open. Damn uh, it! Which is pretty. That's crazy. pretty slow. So if uh, so are we done with the women's? <laughs> is that, is that? Oh, oh, my heart is crushed. <laughs> are we done? No, no, no. I, what is there to talk about? It's mayhem. Get 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 some get some darts next year and just throw it at right. Them. We'll see. Slower. Well, Serena will be back next next Wimbledon. year. Slower we've, than the Australian. But we've yeah, got the U.S. I, I, Open. I knew you wouldn't like that. That's insane. God, that's insane. And the U.S. Open is usually faster than the Australian. Mm-hmm. So right, Wimbledon will be the slowest besides besides the French. That's insane. God, that makes me so mad. So uh, <laughs> on so, to the men. Who? <laughs> well. I don't know, Corey. One, I, lost, one, I lost my bet. No, That's no, listen. I'm right. 
Right? Was I right? <laughs> you want yes. You were not and, alone. And she was right too, right? Yes. Okay, Rebecca and I were both correct, right? Before yes. the tournament started, without changing our pick, right? <laughs> I'm just, I can't remember. Yes. Okay, so with that being said, I must give credit where it is due. Yay. I was right. No, 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 no. To we, you. We were right. That's true. Uh, you did pick after me, though. I don't know. You might have been copying. Right. Uh, not Yeah, not on the grass. Not on the slow grass. No, but uh, you came out of nowhere and said, you know what? I'm changing my pick. I did. You did. To Chilich. Yeah. I mean, you were a box were of tissues. Close. And he got a little favorable. <laughs> you were a box of tissues away from no, being right. He was a box of <laughs> tissues away. Well, I'm saying Corey was yeah. a box oh, of yeah. tissues from being right. If, if he, he and I were, had a he box and I were crying together when I was watching it. But that was a favorable draw. I'm not going to lie. But it you was. can only beat who you play. Yeah. So. He played well, I have to say. I, I'm not a huge fan of Shilich. I do think he's a great player. But I was impressed with his level. I was really impressed. I was hoping, I said for him to beat Federer, he would have to serve really well, and he did not serve He did not well. serve this morning. No. Uh, so that would have made it interesting. And he had two break points the first yes, two games. he did. And if he wins one of those, then who knows. But Well, you need... Let me tell you something. Who'd you pick, by the way? Was it? Did you pick Nadal first? He did pick I Nadal. I had Nadal originally, yeah. And what made you bail? What, what made you panic and just <laughs> dump Nadal overboard? I just thought... All uh, he's done for you. Chilich had a better grass court game, and I thought Nadal was just going to kind of wear down after playing some... Well, he didn't play any grass court warm-up, for one thing. Yeah. And then I just thought that he would not be in form. And Chilich was in great form coming into the right. tournament. Yeah. Okay. And so was Mueller, who... Jeez. Beat Nadal and almost yep. beat Chilich. You are yeah. so logical. Oh yeah, that's that's. My I mean, hell, I think <laughs> I think Gilles Mueller would have been a better opponent for Federer than yeah maybe yeah. anybody else. Yeah, because he would have gotten to tough, his backhand a little better. He's a tough sucker, man. I he's like a that fighter. guy. Yeah. I like that guy. Um, who knew Luxembourg? What are you gonna do? <laughs> really? Oh. And how about the great American hope? Oh, Sammy. Sam I want to know what percentage chance he had to win the tournament in the semifinals. Oh that would be the lowest percentage chance of anyone. Probably, I bet you, I, I mean, I don't gamble. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> but if we could, first of all, tennis would be more popular if we could. Yes. Um, I bet you his numbers were higher once he got there <laughs> than right. the percentage to yeah. get to the semis. Yeah. I bet you nobody had that. I bet it was still 20 to 1. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I, I think was, they they were flashing stats, and I think it was he was by far the lowest. I mean, and he actually he actually had a chance to beat Chilich too. He did. He did. That was a good match. It was a great match. But against Federer, I don't think he would have. You know, that's two years in a row he's knocked off. That is. Yeah, a top. It's hard player. for me to get behind some of these American players, though. Just personality wise, I just don't. You don't, don't get me excited. You don't like Query. Or Steve Johnson or John Isner. They're all kind of the same personality. Yeah, like mine. Mm. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was good to see an American flag next to somebody's name that yes. far into Wimbledon. Yes. Yeah, um, but you know, I, first time since two thousand nine, which is pretty depressing to think about. Yeah, oh but God. it's not, it's also not um, it's not real. I mean, I watched it. It was it happened in, in real life, right? But it's not it's not going to last. It's yeah, not exactly. It's not sustainable. He's not like an up and comer. That's why yeah. I've been excited, yeah. right? Now, that's not to say, with again, we've talked about this with the age skewing older. It's not like that doesn't, you know, happen where somebody can start to catch fire and get better and better because these guys still do improve and women, right. you know, still do improve out there. Um, but, you know, I think his, his, uh, his time has, for that, has, has gone by. I and mean, he can still do well here and there. I mean, he's, you know, six foot whatever. He's got a giant serve. And he does have a great When it's serve. like from, from Wimbledon last year, I thought, okay, well, now Corey will turn around and beat the number one. And then a year later, his ranking is basically the same, yep. and he does it again. So, what indication do we have that he's going right. to use this as a springboard to anything better? Right. If we had the amount of players we had in the top fifty back in the day, back during the best <laughs> period, uh, then it would be awesome. He'd be he'd add yeah. depth to that whole American roster, uh, but he's at the top, right? And so that's depressing. I mean, that's the one good thing is he's not at least he's, fading like Isner, yeah, yeah. Um, and some of the others, but. So maybe he can at least hang around and be a factor. Yeah. I think I, I, think I was most disappointed with Sock. Jay Sock? Yeah, but that's a whole nother I can't story. be disappointed with someone I don't have expectations for. <laughs> that's hey, that's key true. to happiness. No, <laughs> no expectations. I was disappointed in Lopez after he did so yeah. on grass and he loses first round. Yep. I couldn't understand that. Yep. Uh, let's see. It's a difficult game and you're competing <laughs> against people that get paid to do this for a living? How about that? <laughs> and you play every grass court tournament leading up and then you're 
not fresh for Wimbledon. Worn out. So uh, we were right. <laughs> again, let me reiterate that. We'll get, again, I have to give you credit for uh, for picking Chilich out of nowhere. Well, and, and I believe I did say I was hoping that he would not have to beat Federer to win. Well, yeah. But, um, you know, nobody can beat Federer right now. I don't think that's – I mean, it's it's cool to watch for him, but it doesn't make Do you know why? less exciting. Do you know why? Why no one can beat him? Yeah. Because he's the best player ever? Yes. Oh, <laughs> no. X's and O's, tactics, ability, you know, what? Oh. It's all tactics. I mean, he's got an amazing game. Right, but why? What? What is it? What do you see? Well, I mean, what I see, well, I think he has the confidence to beat everybody, number one. Oh, sure. Um, but I was also thinking about this today. I mean, he's got the resources to get any coach, any trainer, anything he wants. Wrong. Physio, everything. <laughs> and that helps. Okay. Well, what was he doing on the court this two, last two weeks? He stayed calm. Different than everyone else. He stayed calm. Serving people, well. A lot of people serve. Placing the ball. Serve. Placing the ball. <laughs> On the serve, I mean. Ah, that's part of it. But Let me tell you the biggest gap between the two, what I'm talking about, and somebody who didn't do it, and that's Sam Query. Yeah. Or ch- even Chillich. Right. During that Sam Query match. Get a billion balls in on the return, no matter yep. oh, what yeah, he, did he makes return, every return they does. look like. No matter what yeah. it looks like. It everybody else is acting like a I want to say the F word. Act like a 15-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just trying to rip. Somebody hits a first to serve, and they're trying back. to rip the forehand back yeah. for a winner. And what does he do? Well, that was how he destroyed he Roddick every, every time. That's, that's, listen, if you're that good of a server and you can back it up with that game, right. which a lot of these guys can. Like you said, Chilich could yeah. serve yeah. well. Who knows what it would have looked like? Or, you know, if... Um, if uh, Query would have, you know, done a bit better, yeah, whatever. But but even if he serves well, like you said, Federer's still going to get him back, and then you got to yeah, win the point. What, that's exactly what I mean. It, yeah. it, he neutralizes, and I don't mean by hitting a great shot, but I mean just getting points started back to zero, yep. right? Or at least at least where he's not, you know, just dead on defense. It's, it's you know seventy percent maybe right. um, or less at the other guys on offense, and he does that not just well or during important games. He does that every. Dumb return he hits. It's just broop, right well, back. The way, you, the way you can see that is Chilich had I think five aces or six aces. Yeah, and it's right. Like, I mean, he normally hits twenty. Yeah, right. But I think it really does have to do with his being calm and getting the ball back and like exactly what you're saying. But think about his opponent. Your opponent is thinking, "Holy crap, that's Roger Federer! Yeah. I got to rip the ball back." And Roger's like, "I just got to get the ball back." Right. Right. But Query was doing that with Chilich. Yep. So Chilich has a big serve. I'm, right. I'm, and he'd get it From back. what I understand. <laughs> uh, and what did Query do? They both of them to each other. They right. were trying yep. to wreck the ball. Yep. And Federer just stands back there, block, 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 block. That's great. And they and make I, one out of ten on those amazing returns. Like, oh, what a great return. And they miss the other nine. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Yep. It just stacks. It stacks pressure on you. Every time a ball comes back, it stacks pressure on you. Then if you make a mistake on the first one, now you're down – one point, you know, you're down love 15. So, you know, it's kind of like a pitch pitcher being ahead in the count or behind in the right. count. It makes you do different things. And you do that over, well, in this case, three sets, but yeah. you, you, even a five setter, if you do that time and time again, the percentages are just with you. They're what, just with you. And what yep. I've always said about Federer, when he's up a break, it's over. Oh, yeah. Whereas Murray, Djokovic, and all, they can get broken any time. I mean, they're great ground stroke rallyers and all that, but. But when he's up a break, the set's over probably yeah. 95% of the time he wins a set. Well, and if you are giving your opponent 100 balls extra to hit on their serve games, right? that also evens it out in your mind, takes a little pressure off of what you're trying to do. And uh, it, I, that was just something that, that seemingly is simple. Really, I think anybody out there has the ability to do it right. in the whole draw. Right. Against any of these guys. Well, Arenka's really good at just getting it back right. a lot of times. Right. right. But why don't they serve and volley against Federer is what I don't understand. If he's going to block him back, of course, once they do, then he doesn't block it back. But well, what I right. mean is yeah. you can they at least change, change his strategy. Because yeah. that's not what they do. Yeah, because none of them are good at it. Yeah. Well, and I think it also, you know, these big servers, they didn't expect the ball to come back. You know, their serve, and Chilich especially, his balls weren't coming back in a lot of the other sure. matches. So. I think they expect that by now against yeah, Roger. Against but, Roger, yes. But yeah. it is hard to change when you're used to, used I mean, to I even that see that repetition. when I'm playing a certain level and then I play a higher level, all of a sudden you're hitting five shots instead of three shots, yep. and it's hard to get adjusted to that during the course of one match. Right, yeah. If you were doing it every week, then they even said Chilich didn't play a top 15 player until the finals. Right. And it's hard to adjust to that level 
Well, and how? And listen, it's hard to serve and volley when the reason you have a quote unquote good serve is because of the pace, right? Mm. You know, the yeah, the greatest second serve in the history of the game had nothing to do with pace. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Pete's first, in case you were wondering. Well, also, like, how do you practice against? Like, how do you practice for Federer? You don't have anybody hit with that's Federer. Like, uh, yeah, but that no, that you can practice. Yeah, you don't need to play. I mean, that means that the number one player in the world would never lose because nobody's right. as good as they are. Well, but so. what I mean is, like, you can't practice serving and having the person get it back because there's nobody that can stand over there and return your serve. I guess they can feed a ball after you serve or, you know, whatever, but you know what I mean. No, you like, just call practicing out. Isner's return, you can't practice returning Isner's serve because nobody has that serve. Well, that's true. I mean, when you're talking about somebody 6'10", yeah. it changes the angle and, and all that, so it's a different ball coming at you. But you can practice a ball getting blocked back low yeah, it's and true. W- and what to do with it. You can't. And I, I guess if the returner knew where you were going to serve it, they could return it. Right. And, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the best way to practice is to, you know, pull out segments of a, of a point. Right. And then practice those patterns over and over and over again. Um, but I, I think it's the will to do it. That's yeah. the, I, I don't understand why they or their coaches don't, you know, have them do Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe they figure like somebody like Query says, you know what? I can't get a thousand balls back on the return because right. I can't run that much. Exactly. I can't play a five setter out here. I'll be dead. That's yep. what I think it is for Isner. He doesn't want to play. Well, for no, sure, him. a five ball, six ball rally on a return game or any game. I hate to say it because I like John, but he cannot do that. <laughs> he can't sustain it. Yeah, just physically, he's a yeah. giant. He is. He's I mean, six ten is whoa, a giant. Well, if he, uh, there's a prime example of somebody that needs to come in and just get points done yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, take chances on because what does it matter? You're not you're not winning return games. So who can, play left handed? Who gives a shit? I would like to see the <laughs> list of players he's lost to in Grand Slams. It's got to be a list of nobodies. <laughs> no offense to Duty Sela. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's just sad because I would like to see him go deep in a major because then I think yeah. he could beat somebody like you know Nadal or I agree or like that. But, but he, he can't, can't never make it there. He can't yeah. put it together physically. No. Yeah. I yeah I agree. One match he could beat anyone. He has and he has beaten anyone. Right. He's the perfect example of somebody who and please give me a walkover or two. Right. <laughs> let me let me get some six one six one six ones. Yeah. But it's but when you can't ever break, you don't ever get those. You can't ever break. Yeah. So. All right. So here we have Roger. What is he? Sixty years old now. This is forty seventh slam. He'll be playing the twenty twenty eight Olympics in <laughs> L A. and Paris. Oh, I wouldn't God. doubt it. So is this victory not dropping a set the first time in the history of the men's game? Amazing. He didn't drop a set. Is this finally <laughs> going to turn the tide? Finally, <laughs> force me, force me to say what you know I don't want to say. You're will, not going to on this one because the, the field was so I don't think you will. sucky. <laughs> Can you step all over that team yeah. next time? Do I need to redo the whole thing? I already know. How about we'll tell you when we come back? All right. Sounds great. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com. To get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back, and I'm here to admit that (laughs) this is the greatest podcast in the history of tennis. Unequivocally, regardless of error, we yeah. knew that. Although we were the best podcast, even in, including say. the sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, <laughs> without question. Yes. When did podcasting start? Like oh five ish. Sure. I don't know. History. Of I podcast. was going to say late nineties, but <laughs> maybe not. What? I don't know. Maybe there was one. Do we have podcast. the internet in the late nineties? I don't remember. I guess when it started. Yeah. Well, That's when Al Gore invented it. Yeah, it was top secret back then. <laughs> All right. So Pete Pete Sampras has won. Who? Yeah, I know. Won seven Wimbledons. <laughs> By the way, I hate Wimbledon. I think we've had conversations oh, yeah. about Wimbledon? that. Wimbledon? It's Wimbledon. Yeah. So Pete Zambers won seven total. Now, a certain Swiss Swiss fella uh, has eclipsed <laughs> that with eight. Right. Ocho. And he has done it without dropping a set. Which Sampras never did. Sampras never did, of course. Because he's the first person to ever do it, so quite clearly, <laughs> uh, your logic is impeccable. <laughs> no, he um, was, is he the first person ever? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. First, mail, was, first male ever. Oh, I, I don't didn't know. hear that. 
Yeah, you got to pay attention, First man. male ever. Here we go. <laughs> no, no, he was. Did no, you say I know, male? But that's why he, when you said that. <laughs> oh, we'll have, listen, I got something to say about that. So I bet you do. So he's the uh, first male to, to and he's, so he clips him by one. He's obviously got him on the total still. Right. Uh, he, he won another one, so he didn't go. I'm thinking San Francisco might come back now with all the older guys uh, Good God, why so wouldn't well. he? Oh, my God. He should play some doubles. So, <laughs> so where, he really should. So where does that leave me? In my argument with Sampras or Federer, and and again, maybe Labor or somebody's the best right. ever. But just talking about these two, or even Nadal, which we brought up a little right. bit. Right. Yep. So who's better be, between these two best right. ever? Here's what I can say. <laughs> Here's what I will concede. Oh my god! Drum roll. It may be a tie. Okay. Now let me tell you why. So you're familiar with. Football, college football, what you know, all yes. the BCS stuff they used to have. Now they have a playoffs. It's slightly different. Yeah, but with the BCS, when they had all the rankings leading up, just and, one game, right? So the argument, most of the time, the argument came not most of the time, but a lot of the time, it came down to a team that was undefeated, who played no one, right? And a big time team like Alabama or somebody who was a perennial all-time team that can, you know, compete for the national title any any given year who maybe has a blemish or two. Right. And and so the argument ensues, but they played nobody. Right. We've played somebody, but you lost. Yeah, but you played nobody, so right. you, didn't give, you didn't have a chance to lose. So with the NCAA, we have – they have criteria for rankings. And not just in football, in every sport. Right. Even tennis. Tennis is a sport. And so just some of those criteria are win-loss. Right. So obviously you're looking at a team like a tennis team, for instance, that's 15-0. and 0. They also have rankings for individuals, same criteria as you. So let's say Corey and I, we're ranking between Corey and I. And you've never seen either of us play. Right. You know, so you're just looking at the data. Because we can take away the when, you know, Federer was a baby, and <laughs> Sampras was a, an old man with right. a cane, and that match. So let's just take that one out. Although that is a head-to-head, so that's one of the other criteria: head-to-head. Right. Which in the in the course of one season, that would be a lot more meaningful right. for a career. Cor- cor- right. Although, although over a career, at least it gives you some, yeah. you know, some overlap to where there's something to say. Hey, look at that. So you got win-loss, right? And and again. We're talking about a season, so that's what this ranking is about. So it's a little little harder to, to compare two tennis players over different errors. One in the greatest error, one in the weakest. <laughs> um, so you have win-loss, you have strength of schedule. So you see where I'm going right. with this. So you have strength of schedule. You have uh, last 50%, so that's how you did like at the end of the season, right. which kind of wouldn't apply to this because – you know, again, they're not. What's in the, the same new season. one they have now? It's not. It's strength of victory. Is that what they're using now? They did, which really, it's funny because all they did was change the name. It used to be called margin of victory. Okay. So if Alabama goes out and beats LSU by forty points, right, and then you know somebody else beats LSU in overtime, then it would count more right. for Alabama would get credit for that. But they didn't want anybody to run the score up, yeah. even though they do that now anyway. <laughs> So, so the margin of victory has become this new criteria, which it, it, it's just stupid. They should have never gotten rid of it in the first place to protect feelings, but right. they did. Now they smartened up and brought it back. <laughs> so, so you have yeah. So that's a new one. So I don't even I haven't really even counted that one. So you have strength of schedule. You have opponent strength of schedule. Right. So it's sort of like a double check on to make sure who you're playing is actually yeah. a good strength of schedule because it's their opponent's winning percentage. On who they played, and there's other there's other stuff too. I mean, they start talking about regional and all that, which yeah. doesn't really apply uh, to to this case. So if you look at Pete Sampras, he played in a tougher era, in my opinion. So his strength of schedule would be higher, right. than Feder. Feder has a higher win loss, I would assume overall. Yeah. You know, so now you're at an impasse. That's really kind of the quintessential argument between all NCAA, really, right. in every sport. You know, you take so if Corey is twenty and zero, and all he did was play twelve-year-old kids, which is what I try to do. He right, does. I've when seen I can. It. He still hasn't hit that twenty and zero mark against him, though. But <laughs> this is hypothetical. So Corey's twenty and zero against twelve-year-old kids, and I'm you know 
15 and, and five right. against grownups, <laughs> you know, then you've got the yeah. win loss ahead of me, but I've got the strength. Yeah. So now the art of these rankings come, how much better is my strength than our difference in win loss? Right. And so that's what you kind of have to look at. So really the question we end up having to have is how much better is Sampras's error versus this error with Federer and how much better is Federer's record right. compared mm-hmm. to, you know, I mean, it's not like Sampras had four Grand right. Slams. I know. So, well, and that's what we talked about a while back before Federer won. Definitely this one. It might have even been before the Australian. I said, what if Federer wins 20? Are you going to, you know, concede that he's the best? And I don't remember. I think you said yes, but now he's one away from 20, which is insane to think about. Change my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Go back and check the tape. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there does get to a point where if he wins 21, 22, 23, even like with Serena, same thing. Yeah. It's getting hard to find anybody else. Well, listen, here's the here's the argument that leads me to the whole tie issue or, or kind of, I, I'm not saying they're tied. What I'm saying is you can't make a pick. Right. And here's why. So you take, like when TCU, as in Texas Christian, the Horn Frogs, their football team. They were in a smaller conference. Yeah. They were in the Mountain West, and they always were nearly undefeated or, or undefeated, yeah. and they couldn't get an invite into the big kids' dance. Mm-hmm. And the argument was, well, you didn't play anybody. Yeah. And then the, the argument for TC was, well, they beat everybody's ass that they played, that was put in front of them. Right. It's not their fault. They're in a con- I mean, they couldn't get into a major conference. And then conferences, those big-time teams wouldn't really play them a lot. So when they did, they went and played a Wisconsin team who's in a Power Five conference, what what's called now Power Five, and they beat them. Right. And so it was like that was one overlap to say, look, the, we can play with the big kids and we right. can beat them. But before that, the only argument they had was, hey, we 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 don't have anything that proves we're better than Alabama, but you have nothing to prove that we're not. Right. So that's where the tie comes from, is that. Federer is doing everything he's supposed to do against all these awful players. Right. I know that might be a bit strong. I think that's a bit strong. A bit. Just not much, but a bit. So he's done everything he can do against this weaker era. Yeah, in this tournament, I think that was pretty accurate. Mm, Yeah. But even across, he's done everything he needs to do, and there's nothing to prove that he's not better than Pete Sampras. And I don't know that there's a lot to prove that he is because he's playing in a weaker era. So that's kind of my idea of why, you know what? They're both the best in their error, and right. now you just had to figure out how much better does Federer need to be than his error, than Pete Sampras is in his to to sort of yeah equate it. That's the that's the art of the argument in between. So they're tied. Yeah, and the only thing that, like I said, is going to happen is you're still going to start getting to a longevity argument of mm. you know Federer plays two three more years. I mean, if he finishes here number one, that, that's just insane to me. But again, it is less impressive because Djokovic and Murray disappeared. They're and the big four are not the big four. No. They're the big one and a half. Right. Yeah. So that I mean that will be four. he'll be number one, but he'll be number one over who? Right. You know, so that you know that's the problem. But there was a period when Agassi faded away and was off the tour for a year, and you know, so Sampras had I'm sure some easier moments too. But but I've never I don't remember anything like well, this. Well, but the difference is Agassi wasn't his only Nadal. Right. I mean, right. he had all kinds of players yeah. th- throughout that period of time. So. Uh, appreciate your American centric thought process, <laughs> but uh, the rest of the world's out there playing yeah. tennis, Corey. Well, and we were talking about the list of Isner's opponents that he's lost to. If you look at the list of some of the people that Federer's beaten in Grand Slam finals, it's not the, the most impressive it's not list. Not the who's who. Yeah. Um, so he has won a few at at some lower players' expense. Right. So anywho, so there you go. You've gotten me to say they're tied. <laughs> that doesn't mean they're equal. Which so means one more major should break the tie. No, because it just it just <laughs> yeah. it just keeps the logic. He's still right. doing what he's supposed to do. Now, if he starts losing to a bunch of awful players, it's all like your GPA. You right. know, you can have a four zero, one three point nine, and somehow your GPA drops to a two point seven. I don't understand <laughs> how that works. But the point being is, is he, he can hurt himself really right. in my eyes. But it's going to be hard to help himself because again, just like you just said. Just because he wins more majors against right. no ones, what is he still doing? He's just yeah. doing what he's been doing, so how does that change anything? Well, I think because of the age, that will be impressive, just because he's doing it so much later. Yeah, I was going to say that, actually. Um, but, it's I mean, longevity. He's, yeah, longevity. He's still beating the best. But it's like you said, if some running back stays and gets 200 yards a season for an extra five years and has 1,000 more, 
that's not really that impressive. He just stayed and played. Right. Well, and anytime you have length of uh, service or whatever, you know, it's to me, you always break it down by, you know, passing yards per game. Right. Or interceptions per game. That way you can, you know, e- even out whatever you're comparing. Because, I mean, Brett Favre has all kinds of records, right. but he played for 60 <laughs> years. Well, and that's why Federer is supposed to be fading away right now. That's what I don't understand. Well, that's true. Well, uh, I mean, but listen, Brett was it with Minnesota oh, yeah. and made it to the yeah. NFC Championship. So it's... You know, it's not like the guy can't play. Nobody said he's a bum. Right. You know, Murray, he's a bum. <laughs> yeah. Well, just we're not seeing we're not seeing the downward trend of Federer, which I've got to know when is that going to start. Oh, well, we did see it for a little while, but then he had a resurgence. And it's, we had a little injury. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, that that's a little bit different. I'll give him a break on that for sure. By the way, did you see a bunch of the old school Nike tennis logos with the, the court? With the Nike yes, swoosh I in did. the middle, yeah. Right. I didn't know what that was, but now that you yeah, now that you say that, I remember. You're a youngster. <laughs> Y'all are both youngsters. Yeah, that was uh, that was right in that heyday in that '90s, mid '90s, <laughs> late '90s. Uh, that was their logo. Well, what I saw that That's made me cool. the most angry of the whole tournament is what was with the guy that was in Chilich's box wearing the Federer hat. That was a little weird. I would have said, "Get out! You're not sitting in my box." Get the hell out! Oh, I don't did know. you not see this? There was a guy, older guy, I saw and they it. made a comment about it. But yeah. he was. They said, "It's kind of unusual to have a guy in your box wearing the opponent's hat." And he literally was sitting in Federer's box, where, or sitting in Chilich's box, wearing box. the Federer hat. Right. And I right. don't understand that. That's horrible. Are you oh, pulling no, up I the logo? I have seen that. Yeah, he just showed it to me. I haven't seen that. I was going to pull it up. You didn't show me, my God. <laughs> you you <laughs> saw it. You knew what I was talking about. Yeah. He's the one that doesn't pay attention. No, I haven't seen that. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really see any of that. They, um, I think they had it in the women's, but this is a little bit further off. Yeah. So uh, that was cool to see that old school, which really... I. That's that's one of the reasons outside of this slow grass nonsense. That's one of the whole reasons I love this Wimbledon, uh, the feel of Wimbledon, the heritage of the game, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I go ba- I go back and forth on a lot of things. Um, one of the things that, uh, on the one hand, while it's happening, I appreciate it. But when I step back and think about it, I think it's almost idiotic. Maybe not that bad, but close. <laughs> And that's the all white. I don't mm. mean people. I'm, I'm I mean so, clothes. Well, see, when I say what? that, that's what it always sounds like. It does. I'm right. so over that, though. Like, I don't get that at all. Uh, well, yeah. it started in 1877. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's like collared shirts. I can understand that. Not wind sleeveless. I can understand that. But it's like the all white. It's like, come on. Even if yeah. white's the dominant color, I get that. But but to be 100% that's white, tradition. I don't understand. Right. I think, I think we have a... Uh, I think Rebecca was talking about some kids' underwear earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. In regard to that. She's always talking about that. I kind of tune that out when she mentions that. Yeah, some of the judges uh, pulled out some of the juniors for wearing colored underwear, and they were actually forced to go change them, which I found a little bit weird. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, it just, it's... And so had they not had white underwear, what, they're defaulting the match? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't play. Well, and what, what I don't know, was it three years ago that Roger's shoes were like orange on the bottom, and he was forced to change his shoes, and I was like... And then there was the argument of, well, the women get to wear colored sports bras and colored, you know, shorts under the skirts, but now they're not allowed to. Okay. But when that happened with Roger that year, they were wearing the colored shorts. Right. When they don't let them wear a certain logo, the logos have to be a certain size. Yeah. You know. Exactly. The one thing I want them to get rid of is three out of five sets and doubles. Yeah. They got to get rid of that. I agree. Even though they had an incredible doubles match, it was was great. But they still got to get rid of that. I'm glad they don't do no ad. I'm glad they don't do a super breaker. Um, But yeah, well, here's here's I I found something on um, on the dress code. Um, This is from the Sunday Express, which I don't know what that is or where that is. I'm assuming it's in London. It is. It's Rebecca's Um, nickname in her league. There you go. (laughs) Um, And so basically, it's a rule that dates back to the 1800s, as you might imagine. (laughs) Uh, where the sight of sweat through clothing was seen as unseemly, especially for women. God forbid. Yeah. <laughs> Thus, uh, the rule is born that all white should be worn, because then you can't really tell. Right. Um, so. But now we can see their nipples. That's not unseemly. <laughs> you are obsessed with nipples is. today. This is strange. So, anywho. I don't know why. <laughs> so, that's, uh, so there, there, I guess that's where it started. Um, that's I, interesting. And tradition, though, I, I, I can understand the tradition. But, but does their membership, does that mean always everybody probably. there wears white, even when they're playing I just for th- fun? I would think so. Interesting. Hmm. It's tedious. I'll tell you that. It's tedious. It is a little bit, actually. Well, then they have the ball kids in you know, their green or whatever outfits, so don't they sweat? 
Uh, well, you can't have white in the background or throw, you know the ball and everything. So right. it's hard to. So you don't want you know the because the, okay. the lines people don't wear all white. Yeah. So it's just people playing. Relax, man. <laughs> I wasn't Jeez, mad about it. I'm just boring. saying. With the, the paint the grass white, paint the lines white, the net's all white. What's right. <laughs> well, there's no white tennis balls anymore. But That's true. TV, that was TV. Though. So maybe they're slowly coming around. Yeah, I doubt it. Well, they do have a roof, which is uh, more than the U.S. Open can say. And they love to leave yeah. that roof open even when it's the rain's coming in. They like to leave I, it open at all I times. They, they beat understand. the U.S. Open to their roof, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Who's who's old fashioned now? By like a year or two. The French I think. is next year or next year or two years. I don't know. So then they'll two all have years. one. I think it's two years. Yeah, which I'll, that's all for TV too, don't you think? Oh yeah. Yeah, to keep everything on schedule and keep everything because they're going to have the money of the people coming regardless whether they show up or not. They've already gotten the ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Well, everything's for TV as it should be, at least <laughs> here anyway. Right. Um. I mean, that's how the U.S. Open makes. 200 plus million dollars a year oh yeah speaking of that though i thought espn did a fine job as far as time i mean they basically had espn and espn 2 non-stop right yeah they did i mean they had mixed doubles for the love of god today they did I was yeah very impressed with the espn they I had a six it. hour window of both days yeah. so we got to see the entire still, men's I'm doubles st- and women's doubles I'm still 50 50 on well yeah i, I mean federer would have gone five it's not like right. they would have pushed back yeah. the time of whatever program they have coming on but uh, but, but they still. did yesterday they well for the uh, doubles they kept the doubles going even past the time oh did that surprised me but yeah that was good I, i'm still 50 50 on the uh commentators Mm. Well, that, mixed, what for ESPN? A mixed yeah. bag. I prefer. I pref- honestly, I prefer the tennis channel commentators to. Yeah. You know uh, what I did try to do? I did try to go to Wimbledon radio. Yeah. Oh. I don't care. It's still miserable listening to. I don't well, care. And it's if they, not on Sirius anymore because when I was out of town, I tried to listen no. to it and it doesn't exist. Well, I anymore. tried to listen to uh, you know the English blokes that are over <laughs> there. You know, that are, and it's just it's miserable listening to tennis. It's worse than ba- baseball is like built for radio. Right. Yeah. Tennis is the opposite. Hockey yeah. is probably worse. Oh yeah. Well, because well, tennis, you're used to, we're used to them not talking during the points. No. Well, on TV, I mean, they shouldn't, but they do. That's what I hate. That, well, that's yeah. one of the things. The biggest strike for me is just shut your face. <laughs> shut your face. Right. We don't love tennis because of your dumb comments on it. We yeah. love tennis because of the point that's going on on TV. Right. High def. We can see everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't need your help. Yeah, and so, but on radio, you, you're, if you're not used to talking during the point, then you talk during the point, and it's yeah. like, well, we don't know what's... And then we hear the cheering, and they're behind on what's happening. It's just... Right. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's hard to keep up. And, to, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's hard to keep up time-wise. Right. I mean, you're watching two ball, two guys hit a ball or two girls hit a ball back and forth. You know, faster than you, faster can, describe than you can describe <laughs> what happens, uh, and so yeah. So radio is bad, but to be honest with you, I think there's nothing worse than Chris Everett yapping during the point about some dumb 1970s <laughs> anecdote. True, she had. I just don't care. Right. I want to watch the actual tennis. Yeah, and then what they comment on is dumb. Right. Give me, you know, well, like they, I, they never get into strategy. Almost never. Anacone. I think yeah. Anacone's oh, I number He's one. Great. For strategy. He's a little dry. Right. I like Paul Anacone. I do too. Don't come at me like that. Make me. (laughs) (laughs) He might be listening right now, Paul. No, I I think he's fantastic. I love his tone of voice, actually, because he's kind of calm. But he always has wonderful. He would be great as a coach, which obviously he is. He's a coach. He'd be great as a coach. I mean, personality (laughs) wise, though. Uh, But Gilbert is good too, but he gets too. He gets just gets too showy. He, yeah, he's too, you know, um, Diaper dandies, right, baby. You exactly. know, he, he's trying he to be does, the tennis yeah. version. Yeah. Right. If Gimbalstab tries to make clutch happen again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, I agree with you. I, I think, honestly, I would say that probably for that reason, in terms of what he's saying, Anacone's the best. Mm-hmm. I, delivery, not so right. much. Not but so much. But what he's saying, he should be the off guy and then have somebody else, right. like, I don't know, maybe me. <laughs> uh, well, today, what was it? Uh, Fowler and the McEnroe's? Yes. Oh God! And see, you don't need two McEnroes because no. they're contributing the same thing, yes. basically. And, and every now and again, you'll kind of hear they get a little yeah. snippy with each other when one says something, the other one disagrees with. Right. Them, like, oh, and God. Fowler's not a tennis guy, so I mean, he's which is fine. He, he can direct the conversation, but right. he's really yeah. not. Right. He's really not. He's more of an ant, more of a like a post game show person than a 
than a color commentator. But still, yeah. I think he's good because he doesn't try to know tennis. Right. Like you said, he steers the conversation, but he can't shut everybody up. Right. Like, shut them up. Just shut up. Hit the mute button on their mic. <laughs> like most of the listeners want to do on this podcast. Right <laughs> well, they've kind of phased Drysdale out, too. He yeah. used to be on a lot yeah. more. Yeah. Um, and they don't have him. Him and Jason Goodall, who well, I that like may also. Just, that may be him. Maybe it he's may be him. Yeah. Chilling. He's old. He's like, I'm chilling. They don't necessarily contract them for a lot of matches. I'm going to run my uh, all my facilities that, you know. <laughs> right. Was Mary Carrillo not on this year? I didn't hear Mm-mm. her on. Mm-mm. I don't think she I was. I like her too, by the way. I do like Mary. I'm, I'm real fond of her. Yeah, real I don't think she was. Her. She's normally on the tennis channel. She wasn't on either this year, I don't no, think. No, I think. She was on during Roland Garros. Yeah. But, uh, and she did some really great packages and stuff. She did yeah. the Federer interview yeah. Yeah. also. Uh, but I, no, I don't think she was on it. She may just not have been contracted for Wimbledon or may hmm. have. You know, yeah, I don't but, think it's because uh, they didn't want her. That was the, that was the um, low light is them talking nonstop during points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. My, the other low light was Andy Murray's press conference. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, here we go. We don't have a lot of time for that. <laughs> Keep oh, here, it short. Of course. Yeah. So, Andy Murray was in his post-match press conference after he lost to Query, and then the reporter asked him, so who was the reporter talking to? I can't remember. Murray. Oh, yeah. what draw was Murray in? <laughs> the men's singles. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought he was in women. Was he in the male or the female portion <laughs> well, of the men's draw? I think he was in the juniors based on how he was playing. That's a good point. Yeah. The last he match. was in the men's draw. Right. So if I was in a football locker room talking to a football player, I wouldn't have to say football right in the nfl you know nfc east division uh, that's the you mean american football <laughs> not canadian oh yeah you're right andy <laughs> what a jackass he just did that get points with, i, with I kind women's. of agree i don't think he was sincere at all when he now, said that i've got no problem with now i don't know the reporter and i don't know where his thought process was maybe if he was asking another question outside of a tournament right. and just asking in general maybe another commentator like if we were talking and I and I said something like, you know, what's the furthest an American player has gotten right. at, at Wimbledon or in the Grand Slams this year? And you said, well, the semis. Right. And then Rebecca would yell at both of us because obviously an American woman has won a Grand Slam. Right. And but we're talking to a general audience about tennis in general. Now this cat might be a sexist. I don't know, but right. not that question. Not in the context when he's talking to a guy about the guy's draw and about and about the guy that just beat him right. in regards to how far he's gotten. Which was obviously what he was talking Andy about. Andy Murray, what a jackass. All I'm going to say is I'll give Andy points for bringing it up oh because my God. I have respect for him will. for that. But at the same time, I have listened to the press conference and I did hear the reporter ask the question. And no, I don't think that he was being general and referring to both men and women. So... I think Andy did take it a little bit too far. On purpose. Possibly, he was showboating. Possibly. Because he can't do it on the court, so he's got to do it in a press conference. I, I respect him for respect of women, but no, no. at the same time, right. it's just kind of like, really? Did you right. really but have stop. to bring that up? It's called pandering yeah. at this point. Do it right. right. That's fine. You know, tell everybody to shut their mouth because I have a woman as a coach. Yeah. And, you know, now he had yeah. to receive flack for that, and so did his coach, and he set the record straight. And said, no, she's a great coach. She's helping me. Yeah. And I don't think anybody has a problem with that. And, right. I, and I honestly don't think the reporter was sexist or trying to be sexist. I think he was just bringing up a question towards the men. So. Well, and they had already run it on ESPN in the bottom of the screen. Like, no no player since, you know, yeah. Roddick had made the semifinals of Wimbledon. I mean, yeah. but I mean right the, next to it, it said probably MS, right. men's singles, yeah. is and what they were yeah. referring I, to. The other thing I, is. Go ahead. Murray doesn't care about the American. Like, that's such a stupid question. It, it was a dumb like, question. You think he cares stupid about question. American success or failure in tennis? He doesn't question. care. Especially after he just lost. That's yeah. the last thing he wants to talk about. I just I just want to say, I think people are too sensitive. And I think that this, you know, I'm a feminist, blah, blah, blah. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, as many <laughs> times do, as you mentioned nipples, clearly. <laughs> but I do think people take it a little bit too far today. But anyway. But you know what? We've got the u.s open to look forward to now. the u.s open series big do you yeah. know how fast it starts holy crap oh it's probably like next week it's like in the two 22nd and a half months yeah. atlanta starts well, <laughs> well yeah the yeah series, the u.s open means. i'm talking about the series oh right the bbnt atlanta um it starts next week and guess what let's go i don't know if it's a men's or women's and i don't care because i'm gonna watch it either right. way because i, think it's I am not sexist as far <laughs> as i can tell no you're definitely not there we go oh man <laughs> everybody's everybody's conceding <laughs> things good. today all right, so I think we've come to the conclusion that uh, Pete Sampras is still <laughs> no, uh, he's tied. One of the top players one of, of all time. One of it's like I've got ten people in my top five. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. They're all tied. Yeah. 
Um, we can also that uh, agree that uh, Murray's a jackass. Yes. Let it go, man. For we many got reasons. it. You're the best. You're the best on women's issues as a male. <laughs> we got it. Um, I don't know about that. I, well, of course not. <laughs> so um, it's all hardcore tennis the rest of the year, American style, which I'm excited about. I'm I love. Excited. I love the you know the regalness of of in the history of Wimbledon and everything that it brings and kind of reminds us. Oh yeah, we are the sport of kings. And Queens, but not back then when it started. Get a hold of yourself, Murray. He wasn't a lot. The Duke of wherever Murray's from, and you know, 1500 was probably his great great great. I think great, that same guy is still congratulating the players after the match. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. You know, That's but awesome. uh, but that that kind of reminds us of the history of our game and reminds us that oh yeah, we are better than any other sport. Yes. yes. But oh then, man, we all agreed on something. But wow. then here comes the U.S. Open series and hardcore American tennis, baby. The surface theoretically should equalize everything. Um, kind of the net rushers and the baseliners and the defensive players, all the different types of players have a chance and can do well. Uh, and Americans he, actually win tournaments in the yeah, summer. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. <laughs> the, sm- yeah, the, the 250s. Yes. <laughs> do they have any 150s? We need some. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we're gonna look forward to the American uh, hardcore circuit. It's gonna be hot as hell I'm out there, ready. and it's tough. Wait. But uh, but it's it's uh, it kind of revs it up a notch. I think it gets gets that uh, that hype going, which leads into somewhere where I will be the U.S. Open. I'm gonna be there for the podcast. I'm gonna try streaking. And be there. No no no, <laughs> streaking. I will not be there. <laughs> All right, <laughs> because of that. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that's uh, that's a wrap on the grass court season, and it was a it was a short but eventful, and uh, now we're going to have a long and hopefully eventful hard court season. So, hopefully, that's going to get everybody hyped up to not only watch tennis, but hey, how about listening to podcasts about tennis? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, if you're out there, you got friends, you got opponents, you got coaches, you got if you're a coach and you got players, tell them all, spread the word, retweet it. Whatever that means, put it on your Facebook thing and do that thing. We we don't really have an Instagram, but whatever that is, do that. Yes. And any other things out there? What else is out there? I don't know. Don't care. Share the love. Share the love. Pun intended. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and spread the word. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Mm, Bye, gracias. guys. Call me Maria. <laughs>